Companionship is what makes every journey enjoyable. Today, we continue our journey with Jesus. Join Scott Pauley as we make brief stops in the Gospel according to Mark. We trust you will enjoy the journey. It has always fascinated me that Christ's greatest enemies during His earthly ministry were not worldly people. His greatest enemies really were not the wicked and the ungodly people, the great enemies, were the religious people. Uh, the people with form and function that looked very moral and upright. The people who went through the motions and mechanics of worship week after week and day after day. And yet the Lord reserves His harshest words for them. And they seem to be His harshest critics. Some things never change. You know, one of the great enemies to God's work in this world is man's ideas. One of the things that I think fights against what the Lord is trying to do in our generation are religious people who have found their own way of doing it and are missing the whole spirit of God in it. The Bible warns us of this later in the New Testament. We're to flee and get away from those who have a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. I can't think of a better definition of a Pharisee. Well, when you come to Mark chapter 7, Jesus is dealing with these religious people. Now, it's easy to spot the Pharisee in others, but today I want us to look at the Pharisee in me and the Pharisee in you. You see, the, the real secret is that there's a little bit of Pharisee in all of us. There's a little hypocrisy in all of us because like the Pharisees, we so quickly spot the failure in others and we miss the darkness sneaking into our own souls. Listen to the words of Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Then came together unto him the Pharisees, and certain of the scribes which came from Jerusalem. And when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with defiled, that is to say, with unwashen hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and of pots, brazen vessels and of tables. And then the Pharisees and scribes asked him, Why walk not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashing hands? Now, notice they ask a question. One mark of a Pharisee is that they have this, this cynicism and this skepticism to them. But when they ask question, they really are not asking questions for information. They're asking for accusation. Uh, it's one mark that they are spokesmen for the wicked one because the devil loves asking questions. He's a, a master at asking questions. Uh, but his questions are not really for information. He's trying to plant seeds of doubt. He's trying to accuse the brethren. And so these Pharisees come along and find fault in these disciples who are eating without washing their hands. Now let me pause and give a parenthesis here because your mother said you should wash your hands before you eat and she's right. Uh, that's really not the subject we're dealing with here. We're dealing with ceremonial law. You see, this was not God's law. This was not the Mosaic law. This was minute details of the ceremonial law that they had continually added to throughout the centuries. In other words, their application of God's truth has gone so far now that they have some uh, guideline for everything. And because of that, they put their faith now in 
the traditions of men. As a matter of fact, the word traditions is used repeatedly throughout this passage. The Lord Jesus addresses three basic dangers in Mark chapter 7 in these religious people. And today, I don't want you to see them in these religious people. I want you to see them in your own life. I want you to ask yourself, ask the Lord, Lord, are any of these things creeping into me? In the words of the psalmist, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Three different dangers. Here's the first one. The first great danger in religious people is the danger of emphasizing tradition over truth. You see, the problem was not that they had traditions. In fact, I would go so far as to say we all have traditions. The Apostle Paul even says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15, hold the traditions which you've been taught, whether by word or our epistle. And yet in this passage, uh, there is a, a real danger in tradition. What's the difference? The issue is not do you have traditions. The issue is, is that tradition rooted in truth? You see, tradition is not necessarily the same thing as truth. Just because others have done it or because you've done it for a long time or others expect it doesn't mean it's based on truth. Uh, traditions can be helpful. There's no doubt about that. And uh, just a, a brief word to those who want to get rid of all tradition. Let me say to you, maybe you should stop and back up and see, is there any scriptural precedent behind this tradition? Uh, let's find out where this began, where it started. Uh, sometimes uh, we... we quickly throw things out without doing any search and study about the origin of it. But in the end, our traditions must always be measured by truth. Is this rooted in the truth of God? Traditions will change. Truth never does. Traditions belong to men. Truth belongs to God. Uh, the Bible says in Psalm 100 verse 5 that His truth endureth to all generations. So when these Pharisees are consumed here with these minute details of ceremonial law, it's not really about truth. It's simply about their traditions. That is the Lord's great condemnation to them. I'll tell you when we've crossed a line. We've crossed a line when our traditions begin to supersede the truth. Uh, when it's become more important to us what men say than what God says. And that's what Jesus answers them. Listen to His answer in verse 6. He answered and said to them, Well hath Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. For laying aside the commandments of God, ye hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such like things ye do. And he said to them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God, that ye may keep your own tradition." For Moses said, Honor thy father and thy mother. And whoso curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, don't miss that. He said, God's word says this, but you say something different. But ye say, if a man shall say to his father or mother, it is Corban, that is to say a gift, by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me, he shall be free. And ye suffer him no more to do aught for his father or his mother, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition, which ye have delivered, and many such like things do ye. What is Christ's great condemnation of them? They have gone beyond Scripture. Now there's a danger in falling short of Scripture, but there's also a danger in going beyond Scripture. This is one of the great dangers in religious circles today. This is one of the great dangers among moral people, good people, is that sometimes 
We create systems of thought and ideas that are beyond what God teaches in His Word. What is the answer for that? The answer is very simple. We must go back to truth. We must go back to the only sure foundation for faith. We must go back to the only thing that never changes, which is the Word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Look, God's Word is forever settled in heaven. It surpasses all language boundaries, all cultural boundaries. It goes beyond all time boundaries and generational boundaries. It is the only thing that applies perfectly at every age and every stage in life. We must go back to what does the Word of God say. One beautiful illustration of this is in Jesus' answer to them. Did you notice that when He answered their question, He did not begin with His own answer. Instead, He quotes Isaiah the prophet. He goes back to the authority of Scripture. I want to challenge you to go back today to the Word of God, to study it, to learn it, to memorize it, to meditate on it, and to build your beliefs and your behavior on the one thing that never changes, and that is the Word of God. Thank you for traveling with us through God's Word. We would love to hear from you and share additional resources for enjoying the journey. Visit us online at scottpauley.org. May God bless you as you walk with Christ today.